Good morning. How's everyone doing? Good, good, good. So uh, did anyone set any uh, New Year's resolutions this year? A few? see a few out there. I did not this year. I have been uh, horrible at them in the past. I uh, pulled up some statistics online, uh, very reliable sources, and it says that uh, 45% of Americans actually set New Year resolutions. So um, out of those, any guesses how many resolutions actually get completed? 8%, yeah, the, the website says 8%, so we, we don't have a very good track record. Um, I remember uh, finding a list of uh, old resolutions from about five years ago, and uh, uh, looking back, it, it wasn't very pretty. I mean, going through the list, I was like, well, that didn't happen, that didn't happen, that didn't happen. Uh, one of the resolutions was to um, read a book a week, 52 books. And that, that was pretty lofty. I think I, I got to like three. Um, the, the last night, uh, uh, Sunday night of the first week, I remember laying in bed and, and uh, looking at the first chapter still and, and thinking to myself, well, it's either an all-nighter or I'm going to have to try again next year. And, and like I said, it, it was three books that year, so you know the outcome there. Um, you know, the interesting thing about resolutions is that uh, they're, they're completely dependent on what we do. They're completely dependent on our, our grit, our determination. And the funny thing is a lot of times our resolutions are, are the things that we uh, choose to pick that are not what we've been good at in the past. It's things that we failed at, and those are the things we choose to just start doing good at, right? Um, when it comes to uh, our journey, and uh, I think our faith a lot of times, um, not not just uh, in our, our day-to-day lives, but, but in all the things we do, I, I think we fall into uh, one of three categories. Um, sometimes we feel like we're doing it. We're, we're getting it done. You know, 8%. We, we have some people who have done some pretty great things. Um, sometimes we, we feel like we're getting it. At other times, we just feel like we can't. No matter what we, we try, we, we just can't do it. And then the last category, sometimes we feel like we need to do some work before we do our work. Um, occasionally, I do hit my goals. And I'd say about 8% of the time, if I had to guess. Uh, I had a, a big goal at work, and I remember working for months and months uh, to achieve that goal. And it, it was a big team goal. I had to lead the team to get there, and it, it took several months, and I remember finally hitting it after struggling and struggling and struggling. And it felt good for a few minutes, but, but at the end, I was like, okay, what, what now? And I remember my boss actually even saying, okay, what's your next goal? So that, that feeling that I had was fleeting. Uh, it left me so quickly. Uh, the story uh, we're going to look at today is, is the rich young ruler. It's in, in Mark 10, um, and I'm, I'm sure many of you have heard it. Um, looking at the, this, this young man who um, was doing so well, um, he comes to Jesus, and he, he wants to know what it, what it takes to uh, find eternal life. Um, but uh, before we, we get into the story, I did want to share this video. Uh, this is a video I saw a couple years ago at another church, um, and it, it was really striking to me. Um, it, it's a Tom Brady video, and he's, he's doing an interview for 60 Minutes, and he's talking about all the success he's achieved. Um, but his response at the end is pretty interesting, so uh, let's, let's take a look at that real quick. Tom Brady, the quarterback of the New England Patriots, is not only one of the NFL's best players, he's one of the NFL's great stories. 
At the tender age of 30, he has already won three Super Bowls, an accomplishment that ranks him with some of the best quarterbacks ever to play the game. And he's having one of the greatest seasons in pro football history. When we first reported on him back in 2005, he seemed underrated and almost overlooked. He doesn't have the arm of Peyton Manning, and he doesn't have tattoos, and he doesn't take steroids, and he's never held out for more money. All he knows how to do is win. <laughs> it's what you always wanted. You're right. You're right. It has. And I didn't think it came with all the other baggage, though. In addition to his success on the field and his sex appeal off it, there is also the $60 million 10-year contract to play with the Patriots. I mean, I'm making more money now than I ever thought I could ever make playing football. But with all that money, fame, and career accomplishments, we were surprised to hear this from him. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and, and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life is me. I thank God. It's got to be more than this. What's the answer? I wish I knew. I wish I knew. So, any uh, Patriots jokes we can make at Seahawks fans aside, you, you got to feel bad for the guy. I mean, he's he's spilling his heart, and, and you also got to commend him for his honesty. Um, you know, most people wouldn't be so honest in that position. Uh, a guy who we might consider a rich young ruler of our age, who who has all the Super Bowl rings and the money and all the things that that we look at as success. You know, he he feels empty. Those things are fleeting to him. Um, Want to get into the, the story here, um, talking about the, the rich young ruler. Um, he, he felt like there was something, something lacking. Um, and he comes to Jesus and asks him, you know, how can I assure that I have eternal life? And Mark 10, 17, it starts. Thanks. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these things I've kept since a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for, this, uh, for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? This, the disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. So Jesus' words were, were pretty cutting to that man. Uh, he had a way of, of finding the exact thing that, that would reach his heart, and he knew that um, his riches were holding him back. It wasn't the fact that he had money, but it was the fact that his desires were something else. His desires were things that were leading him to come to Jesus and ask, what must I have to, what must I do to uh, inherit eternal life? The fact uh, is that we, we all fall short, and uh, it's a condition of being human. Uh, we all sin, and uh, the consequences of sin are death. 
I want to read another verse here um, about Paul. Uh, Paul, one of the, the authors of many books of the Bible, in Romans 7, 18 through 19, he says, For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that it is in my sinful nature. For I have the desires to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This is what I keep doing. So here's a man who would go to the ends of the earth to share the words of Jesus. Here's a man who was shipwrecked, beaten, bruised, yet he still knew there was something inside of him that just held him back. He kept, he kept doing wrong. You know, to me, th- this is encouraging to see, you know, that, that Paul uh, succumbed to some of the, the same things that, that we struggle with. He, he knew that he, he was still falling short. You know, there's times in our life, and maybe you're feeling this way right now about something that's going on where you know exactly what you want to do, but you, you just can't get it. And then there's other times where we feel like we're not even there to start attempting to do what we want to do. Maybe we feel like we need to tidy up. You know, I want to, I want to follow Jesus, but I have some things to take care of first. I want to follow Jesus, but I want to achieve this first. I know I've been there in my life, and I've said things like, once I get my things in order, then, then I can follow. But uh, Jesus' instructions to the rich young ruler, they're, they're, uh, they're pretty simple, but very challenging. Jesus said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come follow me. To the rich young rule, to this man, it, it was a big ask. But the end there is a very simple message. Jesus wants him to just follow. He doesn't ask him to uh, sell his things and then take a year to evaluate his life and get things all in order and then follow him. He doesn't say, okay, Sell your thanks. Then I'm going to give you this test. If you pass, you can follow me. He says, follow me. That's it. Plain and simple. So we look at what the disciples heard from Jesus, that that it's easier for a man to, or it's easier for a camel to uh, get through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into heaven, for a man to get into heaven. So, so what's our hope? Uh, in Matthew 10, 26, that's where our hope lies. And it says that the disciples, they, they were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible with God. The disciples were amazed. They saw this person in their society that not only had followed the rules, but had achieved so much. And, and they, were, they were baffled. How, how can he not have assurance? And Jesus tells them that on, on man, with man, it's impossible. But with God, everything's possible. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, again, tells us where our resolution is. For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift from God, not by the works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. 
You know, our resolution, it's, it's no longer dependent on us. It's solely based on what Jesus has done for us. Uh, we've gone through a, a study uh, a few times. It's called Gospel Basics, and maybe some of you are familiar with it. But I think it puts it really beautifully, uh, really simply for me to understand. Um, and it's this first table here, if you go to the next slide. So Gospel Basics uh, breaks it down uh, in two ways. It says that uh, religion, which is reliance on self, versus gospel, which is the good news and the act of placing our trust in Jesus. And what it says is that the primary message of religion is salvation is earned based on what you do for God. Gospel is a complete 180. The good news is that salvation is free, a free gift based on what God has already done for you. And what does obedience look like? With religion, I begrudgingly obey God because I have to earn his acceptance. I resent God. But with the gospel, I gladly obey God because I've freely received his acceptance. I delight in honoring God. And our relationship completely changes with God when we no longer rely on ourselves and rely on Jesus. With religion, I always am uncertain about my right standing before God because I never know if I've done enough to please God. The result is anxiety and insecurity and fear. But with the good news, following Jesus, the gospel, I'm always certain of my right standing before God because Jesus has already done enough for God to be pleased. The result is peace, security, and I love God. Our, uh, our, our ultimate reward is, is eternal life, what, what the, the man was asking. But we also have victory in this life. It changes our life today. So what, what does it look like? What does it look like when we uh, choose to put our faith in Jesus? What's the outcome? The outcome's incredible. Uh, the next slide here, they break it down a little further. And uh, we look at the gospel, the news about what Jesus has done for us versus the message of religion, which is instructions about what we must do for God. And our attitude, it changed because the gospel elicits joy and gratitude. Religion elicits fear and stress. The gospel sends messengers who spread the good news of our life's and how they're safe because of the king, because of King Jesus' victory, where religion sends commanders who tell people they must fight for themselves if they want to save their lives. So we can wake up every morning now when we put our faith in Jesus and feel like Super Bowl champions, but not the fleeting feeling, but we can wake up every morning with a lasting feeling, a feeling of victory because our King Jesus has already won. So our confidence is found in Christ, who is victorious. Through Jesus, I'm the person that I want to be. I'm the person that I've been intended to be since I was born. The invitation today is, it's, it's pretty simple. I mean, definitely challenging, but simple. Um, stop trying to do it on your own. If there's something holding you back, Jesus is asking you to put it aside and, and simply follow him. If you feel like you just can't get it, put your faith in him. And no matter what you're going through today, what's going on in your life, 
Jesus is always there asking us to follow him. He's not asking us to make that checklist before we, we do that. Through Jesus, the battle's already been won. God sent his resolution through his son. We can find true purpose and victory only in him. Uh, victory, again, that's not fleeting. A victory that's lasting, that gives us victory in this life and carries us to the next. It's free for those who put their faith in him and follow him. Jesus is asking each one of us every day to follow him. So uh, before we, we go out today, I just want to say a prayer for all of us. Dear God, uh, we, we just thank you so much um, that you sent your son. We, uh, we, we don't have to rely on, on our, what we do on our own, and we don't have to be fearful of our failures because we know that when we put our faith in your son, who lived a perfect life, who died for us, that our life is changed, that you are changing us daily when we choose to follow Jesus. Thank you so much for that, the grace and the kindness and the salvation that comes through him. We just pray as we go out today in the, the crazy weather that you keep us safe and protected, Lord, and warm. Thank you for this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Have a blessed Sunday. Be safe out on the roads.